Sup, y'all. Sup, y'all. Welcome to another episode of We Don't Know Her. I'm Katie. And I'm Christy, also known as Arthur, today. (laughs) Yeah, you have to go look at our video, which, I mean, honestly, I don't know how, how much justice we can do ourselves with wording. We, I'm wearing a hood and I have tendrils hanging out of it. (laughs) And Christy's wearing literally the uniform of the uh, the car- the car- the cartoon <laughs> the ca- the aardvark Arthur. I feel so delirious today. Um, I've had like little sleep, like too little sleep, too much coffee. Also, like nightmarish dreams. Yeah, and I yeah I had like very very horrifying dreams, which I will not relate to y'all because like it was just about the end of the world and it involved like sharks and also. Um, like murder so it was just bleak they were pretty bad even for your dreams it, it was the like. worst I've ever had yeah hands down um and I'm over here just embodying I mean I before Katie so lovingly pointed out that I look like Arthur today I was envisioning myself previously as the fist mm-hmm. that it, you know yeah. the famous the infamous fist of Arthur because that's mm-hmm. how I feel yeah and who knew I guess I was just an aardvark this whole time you do embody a lot of Arthur qualities you guys I'm very, have like, overlap. pragmatic, mm-hmm. but also, like, I have feelings, and I'm sad, and I mm-hmm. I actually don't really know what Arthur's like. He has a bit I... of a temper, too. Um, <laughs> so, all right, before, well, I guess let's explain the topic, first of all. Sure. Jesus Christmas. Okay, the first thing that we want to talk about today is that it's, I want to explain that it's going to be um, a little bit meta, as per the last couple of episodes. It's going to be a little bit deep. It's going to be... We're going to put on our thinking caps and we're going to level up in terms of looking at ourselves while looking at ourselves, if you know what I'm yes. saying, because what we're talking about today is called role taking, which is basically like when you are tr- when you are imagining being somebody else looking at you and what you would think if you were an objective party. Um, and that might sound really out there and be like, what are you talking about? We will explain. We will give multiple examples. We're basically going to be roasting ourselves for your enlightenment and entertainment. Yes. And I have a few things to say. First being that if it sounds confusing to you, (laughs) don't worry. We will get there because once again, Katie and I, like when we think of topics to talk about, it's not as though they just roll off the tongue and then like we just know what the other is thinking. That happens sometimes, but this one was a little tough for me. Um, I It took me a good... Mm, like 30 minutes to even have any semblance of idea of what Katie was talking about because I was like I don't think that's me and I don't know when I do it but um, I won't digress too for too much further the other thing is that I do realize that the last three weeks I think we've started out like I think this is a little meta mm-hmm. um, so I think that it's a good time to point out that probably from here on out you know, I don't know that we can go back. We live in the metaverse. We do, unfortunately, because yeah. once you see it, you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. And let's be real. I'm sure that nobody wants to listen to all of the same stories that we tell about our checkered pasts where we're like, and then I had a terrible relationship and that's yeah. why I'm fucked up. Yeah. So we're trying to, you know, move ourselves forward. And in that, sometimes it's some meta thinking. Yeah, like I think it's kind of, even though I absolutely hate Shrek, uh, this reference does still stand, you know, of the onion layer theory of, you know, we are all parfaits and or onions and have multiple layers. And the way I look at it as our real true 
selves and essences are in the in the middle there and we are slowly going through layers so of course it starts off kind of superficial of just retelling stories that we've gone through relationships that we have but now we're going deeper into that what is actually happening in our brains and our bodies and our souls when those things happen um and this is something that uh you know i learned about this in school so i'm i'm I guess I never really mention it, but I'm in school for communication. Like I always say I'm in school, but not for what. So that's what I'm in school for. And this is something I learned about in school. So that's why I kind of was explaining it to Christy. Um, otherwise, I would have not even known this. I wouldn't have never even known this was a thing. I don't think. So, mm-hmm. all right, before we go too deep into it and digress, let's do our catch-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to let you go first. Um, this week was a bit of a black hole. And I'm not gonna, I don't want to bring the mood down again, but it was just, it was a tough week. I feel like for whatever reason, I'm sure it's partially because of the season, partially because January was like 300 days long, Mm. you know, winter just keeps, keeps on coming. Um, I was just really tired this week and... Well, and you're also working really, really long hours, which is definitely part of it. And burnout is a real thing. So I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there that are feeling the same way and you know, I I got through it and I'm here now. So I'm trying to just make the best of my weekend and maximize my time with things that make me feel good, be around people that make me feel good. And, you know, these conversations are always refreshing too because it does make us think they are very thought-provoking conversations. So that always feels good too because, yeah, you know, as we talked about before, feeling like kind of like if you're feeling in a sludge, it's really hard to get yourself out of it even if you know you really want to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just, you do where you don't. (laughs) Right. That's really, I have nothing deeper (laughs) insightful to say. I mean, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. All you got to do is just keep treading, keep going. (laughs) And then you'll dress like Arthur. I don't know. Yeah. That's where we are. Yeah. Um, the only thing that's been keeping me afloat is television, as per usual. I did mention last week I made an outlandish statement that I was going to rewatch the entire season of Ozark because I just didn't think that I would remember the new season, but I did finish it. It I won't spoil it because you didn't finish it yet, right? Yeah, no. And I will say, this is like completely out of left field, but I will just say about Jason Bateman's character, oh. there's something about him where even in like the highest of stakes, I always feel comfort and confidence in him knowing that he will handle it and he Mm -hmm. will be okay and thank god because if he were messy and erratic i don't know that i could go on with the show i mean thank thank god for his character and and him just as a person because well that's what's so funny about him though is that like i think because for y'all i'm like a jason bateman stan because i love arrested development so i've been loving him for such a long time and he has his mom is british so he has like a refined that's why he's so dry and like so stoic but at the same time you would never know that like he's actually a huge pervert like not in a way of like he literally calls himself a pervert like proudly um and he also like is very um he was a drug addict and alcoholic for a long time he was really known for being a partier like that's why he didn't he had, was like a child star and then didn't come back around till arrest development but he's that's kind of what I love about him is that that's not even, you know that's not what he's really like, but mm-hmm. somehow his true essence comes through and you're still like, 
I know you say you're a pervert who like used to be a drug addict and like have substance abuse issues and partied all the time, but like all I see is just like a loving father. Mm-hmm. And he eats so healthy now and like wow. his wife is so healthy. Like, I just love him. Yeah. No, oh. I mean, he really just he brings a comfort to me in the show and unlike his wretched wife. Yeah, we're not really feeling Wendy oh, this season. And I don't her. know if it's just like the way they wrote her. I Katie and I also shared this Mm, how do we put it? Mm-hmm. Just like um, a distaste for, listen, it's nothing against the actress, Laura Linney, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, she like was, her as a person, I can actually separate her from the, from the character. She just always plays really awful right. characters. And I think we had the same issue with Scarlett Johansson. Like she yes. always played characters that were just not our favorite. Right. You know? So right. what we're talking about is in the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. You know, ever since then, we... She always seems to be Sutton or, Sutton setting her husband up like she's always setting her own husband up why are you doing this I just don't I can't stand her I'm not gonna go on because I'm literally like I don't hate her the way I hate Nicolas Cage but like I I really don't like her yeah I'm not feeling her I mean the character right exactly but anyway what was the point of this was just um, just our catch up we finished it I finished it it was great I didn't need to rewatch the whole series so in case anyone was worried yeah in case anyone was worried about my well being (laughs) and like starting over from scratch I did not that would be a lot emotionally to just try to watch Ozark straight through like I feel like now I would be crippled with indecision and like I probably wouldn't watch the new season ever so it's a lot it's a lot to handle um and I, my only update is really that I, I've actually been um, on an upswing still this week, which means I'm probably going to come crashing down any day. I, knock on wood, cancel clear, but I've been still working out in the mornings, my dances, doing my hoops in the afternoon. Um, I feel like very productive and very, I feel very, very regimented right now, which is good for me. That's when I thrive, but I'm also in the danger zone of like, this is also when I can kind of take things too far. So I have to be very mindful um, because, you know, I've still been like kind of very mindful about what I'm eating and working out and all that stuff. But I have to stay like, you know, I have to stay focused and not let myself slip in, like not forget what I'm doing this for. I'm not doing this to be the thinnest person on the block or to um, to comfort myself via diet and exercise. Yeah. So. I... I would say as an outsider, I don't feel concerned yeah. for you. Not that I'm, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not, didn't come out the way I meant it. Mm-hmm. But like, as for me, I, I don't, don't care, about, care you. about you at all. No, I'm not concerned about you like going down a slippery slope and into a bad headspace again because I know that, listen, we talk about triggering experiences and how they're worrisome you know like you feel kind of scared to dip your toe back into a familiar place that once brought you a lot of pain Mm -hmm. but now like I said before we've also gotten so far that even though we may be in familiar territory we are completely different we're just much older and wiser and have much more management over our emotions so I feel pretty confident that with this regimen that you can take it and use it to your advantage as opposed to you know, worrying about slipping back into a dark place. Yeah, I think I think so too. And I'm also literally on medication for OCD, oh, yeah. so right. it literally controls. Like I, I still have that urge, but I'm able to control it. Mm-hmm. So I, I still really want to know how many calories I'm eating and how many calories I'm burning and like what is the numbers, but I don't know them and I'm not going to look them up because 
and I don't have batteries in my scale, I'm intentionally doing all the things um, to make sure that I don't start focusing on that stuff. But really, that's my only update. School's fine. Life is fine. Um, Whatever. I mean, you are very lavender today. I am. I am. Um, I'm. I as I mentioned last week, I got an a huge lavender coat and then I got lavender eyeliner and now I'm wearing a lavender sweatsuit <laughs> and my phone case is lavender Ooh. and um I'm just like lavender da ba dee da ba da well you know lavender is a very calming essential oil I love so. I, well, I have lavender in my diffuser in my in my bedroom so right I feel now as so that this is an expression of your inner yeah feelings. I feel very connected which is funny because I always connected to orange which is a very erratic bright um overwhelming <laughs> and now I'm just like catch me chilling like with the birds and the bees yeah you know? yeah totally. or whatever no actually literally never you'll never catch me with the birds and the bees I'm an indoor lady yeah. um so all right let's dive into our topic here. okay we we've digressed enough we covered li- <laughs> a lot of important topics yeah. clearly Laura Linney Lavender anything with an L wow yeah so try saying that three times fast guys um all right so we are going to do our best here to explain to you what I had to explain to Christy last night in an hour and a half. But we're not <laughs> going to take that long. We're going to do it quick. It's We're going to be like Bill Nye the Science Guy and just really break this down for you. So basically right now in school, I am taking a communications class that I am where I'm learning about the theories of the way that we process information and the way that we relay it and the way that um, we can literally communicate with other people. So within this, there's something called symbolic interactionism, which is basically how we apply symbolism to everything that we take on and think about. And the way that we think about that information is um, through a bunch of different ways, and one of them is by role-taking. And it is when, like I said earlier, you are imagining yourself from an outside perspective. So um, with that, we're going to give some examples, and by the end, I think the examples will really explain what we're what we're talking about here. And you will hopefully, I, what I want from this is for you to hear this and be like, "Oh my God, I didn't know anybody else did that." That's what one of the, it's one of these innate human things that are so it's so normal and baked into us that we don't even know that we do it. Right, and and for how often it happens throughout your day and your life and how many things you do it with and how many people you do it with, it is one of those topics that you would think is super obvious, and it is once you point it out, but because it's so deeply programmed, it just gets by unnoticed. And right. it influences a lot of things with your communication and your expectations and sometimes even maybe a little bit of how you feel about yourself. It kind of, I think, can lend itself to showing how you feel about yourself, maybe, depending Mm -hmm. on what it is that you are picturing as this outside party. And not to say, I don't know, this is sort of related, but I did try to painfully describe what anthropomorphism was (laughs) last week. I did a really bad job. So I did make sure I wrote down, to write down the definition this time, because it's similar in the sense that you are kind of doing the work for this other person if with the whole like anthropomorphism thing it's like more of a thing mm-hmm. with the role taking it's it's people so you're kind of you're placing your emotions into that other person and like trying to take on this second party when 
you can't do that. This is all yeah. still just your thoughts. Right. So it's not real. It's not factual. It's just your projections, I guess, in a way, right? Yeah, it, it is. Uh, yeah, it, it's what you, um, you know, the, like humans, everything that you take in and, and everything that you believe is shaped by the interactions that you have and the communications that you have with other people. So after a while of communicating, humans get this idea or this nature that we think that then we can imagine that we are them mm -hmm. seeing us and that we could possibly imagine what they would see or what they would think when in reality that's impossible because you haven't lived their life and you literally aren't them. And no one can understand anyone's point of view other than themselves. So um, I think we should give examples because honestly, I don't want the audience to be like you were last night where you're like, I don't even that, literally, what are you talking about? That meme of that woman with all of the math equations. Sarah Paulson. <laughs> no, that's not Sarah Paulson. I think it is. No. It's not? No. <laughs> like totally not. <laughs> Sarah Paulson from American Horror Story? Yeah. No. <laughs> literally not at all. Okay. Not even close. <laughs> All right, my phone's dead, so I can't even look at it right now. Okay, wow. whatever. Um, but that's me. That was my. That was me trying yeah. really hard to just be like, okay, so she's saying. <laughs> so give me one of your examples first of when you. And again, it's called role taking. Okay, so a very easy one that this is what actually connected all the dots for me when you were explaining to me last night is like when I am every day when I come home to my apartment and I mm. walk into my apartment building. Now, I don't live in the lap of luxury, but, you know, it's cute on the inside. Um, when I walk in to, like, my little hallway, I always imagine what would somebody, like, I'm imagining what somebody would think when they're seeing it. I see the same walkway every mm -hmm. single day. I see it. I know what it is. I know that although it looks this way on the outside, that I'm happy with where I live on the inside, so it's not a reflection of that, but I'm presuming what somebody would think of it walking in to my apartment building mm -hmm. even though I know what it is and it doesn't matter right what they would think because that's where you live like I'm thinking like okay so somebody's gonna come in and they're gonna smell like I well here's the thing 99% of the time it either smells like weed or soup <laughs> it does have a weird there's a lot of weird smells that go yeah and it time. is always different and sometimes it carries into my apartment most of the time it doesn't but you walk in and you're like okay it's not like dirty but it's not a clean smell mm -hmm. you know the the aesthetic of it is just it's very um and it's a pretty big apartment building um it's well I mean, to find big, I feel like there's only 12 apartments in it. It's not like a, a complex, like a, mm -hmm. an apartment Right, complex. yeah, it's not like a massive one. But, yet. yeah, so I, I come in and I'm like, I take on the role of this other person and I'm like, oh, it's a little dirty what, in here. What do you, yeah, do you usually, it's, it's negative like, things that you think. Yeah, I'm like, it kind of smells weird in here and like the lights are kind of flickering a little bit and it's like very plain, just there's no personality to the inside whatsoever, it's, there's literally no. Aesthetic. It kind of looks like if you took the back stairwell at an office building, it, yeah. or like a like a medical like office, and you like went to the doctor, and they were like the elevator's broke, you have to take the stairs down. It looks like right. It's literally similar. just a carpet and walls, mm -hmm. and it's like kind of tight, like it's kind of like a tight hallway. So and and that's it. So when I come in, even though I live there, I fucking live there. I go there, you know. I walk in and out multiple times a day, but I I come in always, and I'm like, hmm. It smells weird in here. That's weird that, like, you live here. Like, you must be a dirty person <laughs> or something. Well, and that's – I used to think that when I lived in my apartment in Maniunk, um, I could – because the stairs 
to my old apartment where I was on the third floor and you walked in the stairs and it was straight shot up and then my door and it was extremely daunting and like scary looking and I often would imagine like how scary because people would always tell me they would get up to the top and they were like man that is the worst Mm -hmm. so part of it was that people were saying that but I also did imagine sometimes that I was somebody else and like what they would think because it is it it was a spooky spooky hallway Mm -hmm. um all right what's one of yours so another one is in the same vein which is when I I told you last night as an example is when I have when I'm going to have people over whether it's my mostly now especially with my house more than my apartment but um especially if it's for a holiday or a season as I mentioned I'm real into decorating for that I will walk in I will literally leave my own home and then I will come in the front door and look around (laughs) and be like Wow, I love it. It's beautiful. And I love it. It's beautiful. And that says a lot about me is that here's the funny thing. And again, I've mentioned this before. It's not shocking. My voice, my voice of others is often positive. Is often like, wow, well, she's done it. Same. She has nailed it. Wow, like, she's outdone herself she's at this one. Truly, sometimes I get, it depends on where I'm going and like who's going to be there. Who are the judge and juries that I'm worried about? Um, who am I imagining? But, and most of the time, I, I feel confident. And I think that shows that I think that people I know that I would welcome into my home, like, love me and respect me enough to notice. And the funny thing is they never do. No one ever thinks it looks great. No one says anything. And that's the irony, though, is that instead of me assuming that everyone thinks that it looks like trash um, and then therefore not doing it anymore, I keep doing it and I keep doing it and I keep putting myself out there. And I'm like, one day... Honestly, like, I'm probably going to get a call from Architectural Digest. And they're like, can we do oh. a shoot? Word has gotten to us. <laughs> and we're ready. We're ready to do so a that's shoot. that's the goal. No, yeah. it does. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, like, although my first example kind of shed me in, like, a negative light, I also tend to think more positively about myself. So whether that's a good or bad thing, I don't know. It's called we're delusional. We're both fully delusional. The thoughts that go no on in my head. <laughs> The thoughts that go on in my head of what other people think of me, like in a certain scenario, mm-hmm. I'm like, she's so great. Don't be intimidated she's by great. us, guys. We're nicer. Like, we're not, we're perfect, but we're But nice. it does matter who it is, yeah. whose role it is that you are taking on, because that does change things a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, another example I mentioned last week about my, my Asian coworker, but her mom came in and I was during an appointment like her mom was bringing a dog in to consult about surgery I was talking to her I go in the room and I'm I was wearing short sleeves like my scrubs are short sleeved but I wasn't wearing a coat or like a sweatshirt so I have tattoos like visible tattoos Mm -hmm. and you don't have to be a dummy to know that in Korean culture it's still considered taboo to have tattoos Mm -hmm. and I'm walking into the room and I was already like, she didn't give me any right. impression one way or the other of what she thought about me. She was very kind, very sweet. And I walk in and I was like, she thinks that I'm a disgrace. Mm. I am a disgrace <laughs> as a Korean. She doesn't even know I'm Korean, but I'm sure once I tell her, she will be disgusted and mm-hmm. ashamed and also embarrassed for me and my family. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, that's just me taking on that role. And hey, there are times when you can be right. Yeah, and especially as, which I actually don't have that on my list, but as people with tattoos, that is definitely something that we've all, everyone with visible tattoos has thought about when going into a job interview specifically, going in to meet your significant other's parents, their grandparents, God forbid, Um, you know, anybody like that, there's always a feeling of, if I saw me, what would I think? Mm -hmm. 
would I hire me? Would I would I think that I'm trash? Would I think I'm cool? Because that's the thing is, and I know even as somebody with tattoos, I see people with tattoos. Some of them look cool. Some of them look like trash. I don't know which one I am. Mm-hmm. And I try to pretend, you know, um, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, no we idea. would like to think that we look cool, but I'm sure that we don't. Probably not. We're in we're in like a, an awkward spot. Um, another one that I do is, you know what, actually I'll do one that's more that everyone does. So if you're still listening to this and you're like, mm, I don't, I don't know, like I don't do any of those things. Okay. When's the last time you watched your own stories? When's the last time you scrolled through your own Instagram feed? How far back did you go? Did you think you were cool? Did you click on individual pictures and then pretend you were somebody else? And you're like, what do I, like, is she cool? Is she, is she hot? What... Because everybody does that, everybody, mm-hmm. and that's the number one. That is like the most pervasive role taking, I would say, is probably via social media now. Because before, we would have to actually try to imagine ourselves. In every other scenario, you have to actually literally use your imagination to try to see yourself from an outside party. So you can look at yourself in the mirror, I guess, but it's still not the same because you know you don't see yourself accurately. So before social media, you could only really do role-taking super, super imaginative, like an imaginative way. I can't think of the right word. But now you actually can look at your own social media and it's way easier to disconnect Mm -hmm. and look at yourself, what you think is an objective party, but you're the one who took the pictures and posted them, so you're not. Well, so I'm curious as to what you think of yours. Um, It all... It all depends because when I'm looking at it, I'm usually, I'm usually thinking from the point of view of somebody specifically. It all depends on who I'm thinking yeah. about, who I just interacted with, who I think might be looking at my social media. Mm-hmm. So it's typically that, and depending on the person, um, could go either way. I and also what headspace I'm in that day. So I either look at it and I'm like. Wow, she has let herself go. Like, whoa, like, just like, oh my God, I'm like, that's really sad. (laughs) Or, or on days that if I think it's like somebody who like has a worse life than me or is uglier than me, you know, I think that they probably are looking at it and like, man, like, I wish I had her life, you know, like, (laughs) she seems to be killing it. And no offense to anyone listening from Delco, but I, if I put myself in a Delco state of mind, I'm like, wow, she did it. She got out. (laughs) She's out there living. She's rich now. <laughs> She's rich. <laughs> She's rich. Her house isn't attached to anybody else's house. Because <laughs> honestly, that's what I would, that is what, it, that is a Delco thought. Um, I feel like mine would be like, it's also the same. Like, it depends on who I think is looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think you're like cool or like edgy? I do. And I've done some cleaning up. Like, I had to do a lot of cleaning up because at one point I looked at it and I was like, this is a mess. This is a hot mess. If I were a potential suitor, if mm-hmm. I were just like, a, a mean girl, like an yeah. old enemy or something, I'd be like, what a loser. So I did clean it up a little bit, but because now I have like a more like minimal, like a minimalist vibe going, like I only have like a certain amount of posts, even though I've had it for several years. I think that like I'm giving fun, flirty friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs, friends, nature, sporadic. <laughs> She's serving. I care. I edit my, but I not not too much. But not too much. Not too Just much. enough to like get the fine. Yeah. No, I think we're both actually fun friendship. Um, Flirty. Mine though, unfortunately, like I think really, 
what I've realized is that I'm trying to get back to posting more, like I said last week, because just not for social engagement or anything like that, but literally just to like, I don't know, be more excited about things mm-hmm. and like pay more attention to things, I guess. And um, I, I've i noticed that mine, like I look like one of those girls who's just like me and my husband <laughs> because I never post. I only mm-hmm. post for Valentine's Day or anniversary or something. Like I just forget. Yeah. But then therefore that means it's just me and Ricky and there's a lot of Ricky on my feed right now and like we gotta, no offense to him, but we gotta reduce that mm-hmm. because honestly there's like two photos of me on his feed and he like <laughs> never posts so there's no reason for that. So well, also I would like to just give us credit is that like when we do do things which is rare but when we do we're just like so in the moment you mm-hmm. know that like that's true and also we've become so desensitized to things that people post on our feed like you like at least for me like I feel like if you're gonna post on the grid and like be in my feed it better be something that's like pleasing to the eye or Mm -hmm. like worth my time and I feel like I should give the same respect so I'm not just gonna be posting willy-nilly well that's the thing is now that was the huge shift is when you see our Instagram you can literally scroll through someone's feed and see when stories were invented because the posts stopped being like cups of coffee Mm -hmm. and like I used to have like a lot of like like very like artistic odd weird shots of things that like and honestly and some that were just like what are you doing (laughs) um I can't recommend enough like every year and a half going back through your feed and just like cleaning up as you grow and learn and and evolve and become like less of a fucking ding dong but um yeah like I I think more so now I almost go back and look at myself my past self objectively because it 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 does feel objective because Mm -hmm. we're getting real here we go yeah real deep in here because it is no longer me because I don't know her you know like it's it is looking at it from a different perspective and that's why I get embarrassed and why I'm like oh my god that that is not cool <laughs> like what are you doing I know but we really thought we really there thought. was a picture of me I don't even know how I took this photo like I looked at the photo and I was like how did I take that Which one it was a photo of me with my hands around my mouth blowing smoke into the photo into it's just my mouth blowing smoke into the Whoa. the camera on your grid I deleted it. Oh, okay. It was, yeah. Because I was like, I don't remember that one. It, and it was, like, blurry. Like, I lived in East Falls at the time, and it was, like, grainy. And there was, like, pictures of, like, just my legs. Like, a lot of pictures of, like, just my legs. Like, I was like, what the fuck is going that on That was a trend. Here? I feel like people were always just like, here's where I am based off of where my yeah. legs are. Yeah. You know? Um, All right. So yeah. before, okay, let's go on to, that was mine because it was social media, right? Yeah, social media. Who hasn't done that? Of course. That's one. Um, so if you don't get that, then honestly, like, I don't know what to tell you. Then you're... I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. There's, um, so a couple things. So there was an example that I thought of that kind of just showed how far back I can remember doing this because I remember vividly a memory from when I was probably, ooh, the age is very gray. I'm not sure. I was probably like 10, somewhere between like 10 and 12. Literally, who knows? I have no idea. But anyway, I was really good friends with a girl um, named Amanda and Back then, I somehow befriended all of the people who were, like, very rich at my school. Mm -hmm. I did go to school on the main line, which is a rich area. But anywho, a lot of my friends had a lot of money. She and I also never had anybody over at my house because it was chaotic. It was messy. There was dogs. There was kids everywhere. It was loud. It was just not a place that I wanted to bring people to. Mm -hmm. And I remember... The one time, like, my friend Amanda, I had always gone to her house. Like, I essentially lived at her house on the weekends. Like, I was there so often. And the one time that she came to my house, I was, like, 
quaking in my boots. I was so nervous. And she came over and I remember like I was like taking her through our kitchen and like I remember our kitchen counters were just like cluttered with so many things. And before she could even say anything, she was not, again, giving me any type of impression either way. But I was like, I know. I know it's like a mess and I know it looks like this. And, and she's like, I wasn't thinking that at all. Like I mm-hmm. wasn't even thinking that. And I was like, well, I know you were, so it's fine. Like I, trust me, like I already know what it looks like. And she was like, no, I really wasn't thinking about it. And I was like, okay, well. Right, especially because she was a kid. Yeah, and I guess. Most kids are totally oblivious to things like that. Who knows? Like I, I don't even know what. I have no idea. Like, I couldn't tell you what the kitchen counters looked like in any of my best friend's houses growing up. Like, if I'm thinking about it, I'm like, were their houses clean or not? Like, I don't really know. And already being super self-conscious about it, I was like, well, I already know what she's going to say, and I already know what she's going to think about it, so I'll just say it out loud. And she's like, you're actually completely wrong. I didn't think that at mm-hmm. all. So I thought yeah. about that all the time because I grew up in a row home and in not uh, the best neighborhood. And I it was a... a wasn't a huge deal to me, but I remember thinking the first time I realized that everybody else seemed to have a basement or a den or a family room or some room where people could hang out that wasn't just like the main room. <laughs> and my house didn't have that. You were either in the room with everyone yeah. or you were in your bedroom. Right. Like that was what was happening. So um, I always had people in my bedroom and I then made my bedroom. My bedroom was sanctuary and, yes and, and really an expression of like who I was and I really wanted it to and I it was always clean like I am now it was always not that my house wasn't because my mom was pretty organized but um I just I it was the same thing where I remember thinking like what would I think if I walked in and what's crazy is that um my room was bright 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 orange and looking back it's like a painful like, I don't know how, I, but I loved it. Yeah. And I thought people would love it and everyone hated it. And, like, people would come in and be like, I feel like I need sunglasses. This is <laughs> overwhelming. And I was like, no, nah, they just, they're joking. They yeah. love it. Yeah. They love um, it. Another little example of, of my role taking, which I knew that I did this, but, again, didn't realize what it was, like, the role taking of it all, is that I'm a big advocate for journaling, as we know. From the time that I started journaling as a teenager, I Mm. couldn't help but write it from a perspective of someone is going to read this one day. Yep. I'm going to be kidnapped and murdered one day and they're going to find my journals and try to piece together my life and they're going to read this. So I would write as if it was almost for somebody else for when they do find it. Dak Shepard says that. He yeah. always did that with his journal too. <laughs> and I still kind of can't help but do it because I'm like... I would have done that. If I kept a journal, That I, that's how I would have written it too. I'm like, what would the detectives think when they find my <laughs> journals? I used to... not. I'm just going to keep piggybacking. But like I used to write... Um, I was like very into like creative writing when I like all my entire youth. And I would write a lot of like... I guess you would call them poems. Like... I didn't really look at them that way. They weren't like rhyming, like roses are red. It was like very emo, very bleak. Um, I would write them and imagine though that like they were then, and then I would read them from the point of view of whoever they were about. Like, and I'm like, does that hurt? Probably hurts. Probably hurts to have hurt me, doesn't it? (laughs) Like I would really, um, and I would really go there and be like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hope, hope that got you good. Um, <laughs> Did you feel that one in your chest? Yeah. That was for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I is similar to that that I do now is so in my for all of my classes because I go to school online we have to do a discussion post every week 
um, in almost all of them, and then respond to other people. And that's kind of like your roll call type thing, attendance. I always read my discussion posts Mm-hmm. from an outside perspective yeah. and what I'll sometimes do if I'm really on the fence because like a lot of them are interpretive a lot of these responses are and they're about very touchy subjects so I never want to come across the wrong way ever mm-hmm. and so I will literally look at what somebody else wrote and then be like all right that's all they think now I'm reading me mm-hmm. and I'm like do I like it yeah and then I'm like and this guy and I'm like no don't like it he doesn't <laughs> like it he doesn't agree yeah um and I, you know, it, there's no purpose to it. Um, yeah, you just can't help. It's so reflexive. Like you just do it, and you don't even think about doing it. You just do it. Mm-hmm. It's it's wild. But it's a way that um, we have more examples. But it's a way that you build self awareness because if you think about it, um, what that means is that you you care about how you come across your home, your environment, everything comes across to others because you care about what they think about you because we are pack animals who want to impress the group and belong and be liked by everyone. So all of that makes sense. And I think that people who, um, like I said, everybody does it, but if you're not aware or you do it less, I think it shows that you are just a really kind of a more self-involved person who is not so worried about how you are perceived by anybody else. And I think it can be kind of a disservice where, yes, there's a tinge of narcissism in a lot of, especially the more positive you think about people. and But there's also self-esteem. And I think there's also um, a good sense of awareness of, you know, thinking about how you look or sound or come across to someone. Because I know that we've all like talked to people where you're like, do you do you see what I look like right now? Do I look interested? Do mm-hmm. I look like I care? But yet you come up with all the confidence in the world and start telling me the story that I don't care about. And those type of people don't think like, how would this person feel about the story? Like, would they like this? Would they think it's cool? Um, and therefore, you end up like not being able to quote unquote read a room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a fine line, I would say, to mm-hmm. the self-esteem and then taking it a little bit too far yeah. um, to where you are just completely oblivious. But it's kind of funny because it can actually work in the other way where it's like even no matter what, the obvious lesson in this, which we'll kind of expand on later, is just that you can't presume what other people are going to think or say no matter what the context is no matter what the history is with this person I could do that with you and you could do it with me and still there's times when like we are wrong about each other but you know you could get positive reinforcement where it's like you know you could be expecting someone to say something in your head like you have a conversation in your head with this person you're already taking on their role you already think that you know what they're going to say and sometimes they do say what you you know, previously thought or expected. And you could, you know, use that as a way to justify, like, see, I already knew. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, even though that's an isolated incident and sometimes that does happen, that still doesn't give you more of a right to then continue to presume what other people are going to think or say because people change all the time. They are entitled to change their mind and their perspective. So no matter what, at the end of the day, you just have to constantly remind yourself that, Yes, even though this is like the given history with this person and this is typically the way that they go with things, that doesn't you always happen. You never know. Yep. Right. You so never you know. Can't... And you're not that person. And 
you don't know what they experienced that day or what they are going through that then would reflect and change the way that they view you and perceive what you're doing. Um, and I think it's it's something that if people, if you're not aware that this is even a thing, you believe this to be fact. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like a good example is um, I told Ricky, my husband, he'll ask me, should I wear this shirt? Does it look stupid? Do you like it? I'll say, I like it. I think it looks good. He will go back and forth on it and then be like, mm, everyone's going to think I look dumb. And I'm like, but who, your mind is you are looking at yourself through this imaginary view that isn't real. I'm a real person. I am the other. I am that objective person who is telling you what I see. But your voice in that is so strong that you're going to discredit the actual fact. And everybody does that, not just Ricky. Like, mm-hmm. that's just an example of he does it all the time with me with Oh, clothes, it's, but. it's so common in relationships, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Because, like, the communication, I've done that plenty of times where mm-hmm. I presumed, like, and vice versa, the person has said to me, like, I, you're already going to hate what I say or whatever. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're going to say. And I don't think that way. And that's where the self-fulfilling prophecy comes in. Because if you already see your, think you see yourself objectively, you've decided what that other person sees when they see you, and it's negative, then you're also going to show that on your face, in your body language, and they're going to pick up on that and then maybe react negatively. That's when you're like, I knew it. Mm -hmm. And it all is a chain. But in your mind, you don't realize that you're still giving off those signs and signals, which are things we can get into a later date because honestly, I have a lot to say about that too. Yeah. um, Um, Yeah, I would just say just one of my last little takeaways and then I have a few other just like quick examples um, is just that this kind of drives home a previous topic we've talked about with expectations and how to manage them and how we've learned the hard way that I mean this is exactly it you know you're expecting something to happen and you're already living that out in your head as though it happened and it hasn't so this Mm -hmm. is just a good tool to use when you are starting to get a little carried away and you're already starting to feel the feelings as though this made-up scenario has already happened so it takes practice but once you start to be able to use this self-awareness to your advantage it's not to say that you'll never do it again that you won't ever presume it's a natural thing it's that it, it tends to happen yeah, you, ha- you have to everybody does it the difference is just that then you can become aware of it and mm-hmm. manage it and have a little bit of control over it in scenarios when you have you know the thought before you speak and it can change the entire atmosphere of the conversation you know if you go in there thinking one way and then because that's another thing that Dax has said before in his marriage with Kristen Bell is that like you know if they're mad at each other about something and he has a whole script in his head about what she's going to say and then she doesn't say it he never does yeah yeah, she never sticks to the script she never does yeah so because humans are unpredictable we want to we want to see things as predictable we look for patterns and like as humans that's we have we try to make sense of things so we think that because we've had x amount of communications with this person our brain like does the data and we're like so therefore they will say Mm -hmm. we don't like it and then that's not what they say so um there's you know getting a sense of who someone is is one thing versus how they are going to respond to you Mm -hmm. like that's something else so that's the differentiating point it's not like oh he always tells this dumb joke so I know he's going to tell this joke that's looking for a pattern and seeing it again using my husband if you can't tell for an example and then on the other end role taking would be um I you know I don't know about the sweater. If he sees me in the sweater, he's going to look at me. He's going to think I look fat. Mm-hmm. He's going, he's never said I look fat. He's never said that he hated an outfit before. But I believe that that is what he will say because 
you're taking on that role I'm for just, him. Yes, because that's kind of what I see and then I'm putting it on him. Right. Um, and I think that's what I said to you last night is, you know, when we were talking about this, I I used to get really caught up in the roles and then believe them to be fact and then act on it. And then I would change my behavior based on that. Mm-hmm. And I would then, and that's why I think people saw me as kind of like, being a chameleon of blending into the surrounding I was in it's not that it wasn't authentic to me but it's that I wanted people to I was worried about what everyone would think and what how they would see me and now I I that voice still comes in and I'll be like they're gonna like it or they're not gonna like it or whatever um and that's fine I can pretend all I want but then I have to come back to me and I have to end and decide ultimately on whether I like something or what yes. I think of it. It's yeah, that's the ultimate testament to this whole thing is coming back to your authenticity because it can go either way and shift your self-esteem so drastically one way or the other based off of how you are taking on this role of another person. If you mm-hmm. think they're going to think so badly of you, then that's how you're going to feel and then, you know, same positive and then like you're going to think too highly of yourself when it's like you need to be a little humble. Right. So, um yeah, it, it influences a lot of things. And it's, again, like I said, it's not to say that we don't, we, we can't turn this off. It's just a matter of being able to separate ourselves from it and then see that we're doing it and then come back to ourself and be like, okay, what is it that I want? Like, how is it that, what's right for me? Mm-hmm. So, and remembering that your other opinion, your role taking isn't real, it's just your brain's idea, mm-hmm. it's not fact. Um, all right, so on a lighter note, let's wrap up with some of our light with well, not lighter, but some some more examples before we. Um, so one of my favorites of mine is something that I'm sure we also all do is when I'm not just when I'm driving, but specifically when I'm driving, listening to dramatic music, or if I'm feeling very in my feelings, and I, you know, it's like that that meme of like when you're looking out the window of the car and like pretending you're in a music mm-hmm. video. That's me a lot, even as a full fledged adult. Um, I'm just like my movie like what is she thinking like she's going through such a such a time right now and look at her she's that's and I think maybe that's part of why when I was little I always kind of like I feel like I had thoughts of wanting to be an actress just so I could be dramatic and have people look at me mm-hmm. <laughs> um the other thing is when I make music playlists um even if it's for myself or for like a road trip or something like I put songs on there and I'm like they're going to fucking love it. This is going to kill. They are going to be so blown away. Right, and I always like, can we skip this one? <laughs> I'm like, they're going to be so blown away by my like deep cut gems. And everyone's Sometimes like. Sometimes you succeed. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm like, they're going to love me. Yeah. And uh, the last one, it's kind of in line with the same thing of like giving the gifts, which you tried to use as, as an example for me last night. And I was like, no, I'm doing it for the pure joy of giving. <laughs> <laughs> I love to give. Right. I was like. Like, I know you and I know how you think about gifts. Like, there's no way. There's no way. It's truly just to be like, they're going to fucking love this. I'm the best. I'm literally the best. Mm-hmm. So that's just yeah. a little look into who I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that even, like, my mom did that. Like, I'm pretty sure my mom used to go down the stairs at Christmas and pretend that she was us <laughs> to see if she knocked it out of the park or not. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Um, so another, so more of mine, so I also do the driving thing, but I am not in a angsty music video when I'm driving. I'm a cool lady. Like, oh. I'm like a cool, like a pink lady, like, 
who is she? Where is she going? Like, is she young or old? Mm -hmm. Like, I often think people don't know how old I am. Mm. And um, I also often, I'm like, are they wondering if I'm married? Like, should I show them that I am married? Like, you know... It's hard to say. Like, I'm like, I I haven't even seen them, but I just assume they're looking at me. Yeah, you're somebody that, like, you, they need to know who you are. Yeah, 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 100%. I'm a Leo. Like, right, that's, true. that's true. Um, okay, the other thing is this literal podcast. Oh, Christy true. and I both I listen to it every week as what we call a third party. Yes. <laughs> but it's just us it's listening just us. to it again. So I'll listen to it as me, and I'm like, mm, whatever. And then I'm like, okay. I'm someone else. I'm worried. I'm young. I'm in trouble. I'm listening to these ladies. What do I think? Um, and, you know, my confidence has gone down over time. Oh. I used to have – that's not true. Sometimes I think we really knocked it out of the park. Like last week I told you I actually – which if you didn't like last week, don't tell me. But um, <laughs> last week after listening to it, I actually – I know it's good – when I'm listening to it as an outside party and then I actually get lost in the episode and I'm listening to it really not thinking from me. Like I'm actually (laughs) I didn't even know I didn't know my voice could do that. (laughs) Oh my god, they're like knocking the wind out of my Um so yeah, like I'll do that. I'll listen to it and try to take it in and, and think what would I think. And sometimes I feel like we kind of like I kind of can do that. Well, I definitely, you know, because we kind of have different roles in the creation. So I'm sure a lot of people who, oh God, I hate to say create content, Mm. gag me. I won't, okay, I'm not going to say it. But people who do podcasts or any type of like creative outlet like that, like I'm sure, you know, you kind of, you're trying to look at it with different eyes, listen to Mm -hmm. it with different ears because, you know, you kind of handle like a lot of the social media aspects. So that is our aesthetic. That's like the face of the podcast. So it's been a journey for us to try to figure out where we fall and what we like because a lot of, I mean, I would say up until recently, we've only looked at it from other people's perspective yeah. where it's like they're going to hate it. I hate it. This yeah. is the worst. And now it's kind of just more like whatever we want to say. Yeah. And same thing with like the Like thinking actual, a little bit less into it and just being like, let's just, just yeah, do just it. Yeah, just do what we want. And yeah. it's the same thing with the actual episodes themselves where like listening yeah. to it with like for me, like with the editing ears, I'm like, I hated it, Katie. Like mm-hmm. I literally, we should not release this. And then I'll listen back to it. And I'm like, you know what? I think this is really going to help a lot we of people. We nailed it. We nailed it. And again, it's oh, we're always wrong. Like when we think we nailed it, no one cares. When right. we like post like something stupid, everyone's like, cool, we loved it. Yeah. Um, And let me see. Oh, and my final one would be um, when I'm walking in the city. So when oh. I lived in the city, I would often be like, who's that lady? Like, <laughs> like where? Yeah, like, well, sometimes I'm like, they see a sack of potatoes just walking <laughs> down the street on two little, like, not little, two legs, two thick legs. <laughs> just two walk, legs. Just walking down. Like, I feel like I built, like, a corgi. Like, I just, oh my God. I just, you know, these little stumpy legs. And it's People like, love corgis. Yeah, I know. But, like, they have a better face than me. They have long features in the face, and I don't. So that's the thing. I have a corgi body through and through, even in the facial features. Oh, Katie. I'm like a pug, I guess. Better. Oh, God, um, Katie. So, you know, or like an English bulldog. <laughs> oh my God, wow. <laughs> See, that's what I think. And then there's sometimes, depending, I'm like, they're going to be like, wow, she's... She's a Perdita. She's cool. She's like... She probably lives here, nations. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would often think that like when my boss, I would go to my old boss's house. Well, I worked, I nannied in Center City in condo buildings and I worked for somebody who also lived in a condo building in real estate. And I would go into those buildings all the time, obviously. And I would always think... Like, what do the other, when the other people see me, do they think I live here or no? And I'm like, probably not. Well, the age thing is interesting because, like, that is something when we are, like, in, 
spaces like that, like Center City, for example, where it's all like business professionals. And then there's us where we when we're in that context of people, we look like little kids. Yeah, I think people would be shook yes. to find out that we're 33. Do you know how many times people have told me, mostly coworkers, but who think that I'm 22 or 23? Wow. And listen, that's not a flex. I some my initial gut reaction is taking offense to that because I'm like I'm a woman. <laughs> I'm a grown woman. How dare you? And then if anyone even tries to say how old I am, I'm like don't you fucking dare. I'm young and carefree and I'm fun. Okay? Yeah, like I only get um I, I do not think anyone thinks I'm in my early 20s. Like, my build has changed enough to be like, nobody in their early 20s is built like that. I think now it's pretty obvious that I think people would probably think I'm maybe, like, 28. Like, okay. I think I read as, like, like twenty anywhere from 27 to 30, I think people would think is maybe my age. That's fair. That's what I'd like to think. I, I don't think people think that I'm 33. Don't but tell us what you I think. digress. I know. People are going to leave comments <laughs> and be like, you're old. Um, all right. So with that, I, I hope that this made sense. And if I forgot to mention, so um, George Herbert Mead is the one who came up with symbolic interactionism, this entire thing. And there's another guy who coined it named Herbert Bloomer. This was in like the 1960s, so it's a long time. These dudes actually like are part of my entire textbook. So this is what we're telling you isn't just like some wonky random theory this is actually truly the foundation of communication as we know it in america so yeah um if you guys are interested in looking it up again it's symbolic interactionism this is called role taking you can google it and read more about it and i think it's just something that could help you in your communication and in your um and just help you live more authentically so that you can remember who are you really looking at yourself for and who who are you doing this for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely the mental exercise of it all, but it's all worth it in the end. And it can be pretty interesting. When yeah, you and actually, it's definitely funny. Like when we were thinking about examples, I was like, it was kind of like, like the visual of it is like if you get a crack in your windshield and then it starts to like spider web and like mm-hmm. go out. Like I had one example that really resonated and then I was like, oh my God, it's actually every single day, every single minute, yep. every single thing I do. Right, exactly. That, and that's exactly how this theory works its way into your brain. You're like, maybe. And then you're like, oh, uh, yes, yep, I realize. Um, so before we go, let's do our diamonds of the week. Um, my diamond is, mm, I know it's going to be like kind of standard because everyone was talking about it, but I did watch the Tinder Swindler. Oh, I have to watch that. Did you? No, I, oh, I, you have to. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's infuriating on a lot of levels, um, on like many levels that, but as somebody who was once almost conned by somebody pretending to be the IRS, um, I actually was literally almost on my way to get <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. cards <laughs> to send them. Like, they had me a fluster. So <laughs> I can understand how, like, you hear it and you're like, that's so dumb. Like, why would you just, like, be like, no? But they know exactly how to speak to you. And as, again, a human, falls right into communication. If you talk to somebody at a certain frequency and say the cer- certain things, as a human, you can't help but get panicked with them. You mm-hmm. will go into a panic with them. So... I just thought it was interesting and I honestly like fuck this dude he's out right like he's out and about like still swindling wow. like he's just living his life he served five months five months and didn't have to pay back any of the women who are most of them are a quarter million dollar in debt like there's like multiple multiple women who are at least $250,000 in debt because of this dude Wow. So um, I recommend watching it. It was insane. I think it was it was either on Hulu or Netflix. I think it's Netflix because Netflix? I I have it on my list, my content list. Yeah. So that was um, th- that was just he got a girl to pawn her car. Oh, it was just 
You know, Woo, that just crazy. shows that nothing good can really come from Tinder. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not sorry. Um, my diamond, okay, please hold your applause till the end, Katie, specifically. But my diamond has been specifically watching The Morning Toast. Oh. So it's different than listening to a podcast for me because what I've been doing is, now like I said, I had a little bit of a dark, tough week. I put it on in the morning as I'm getting ready, as I'm eating breakfast. They do actually deliver the fast five stories before I take a bite out of my morning toast, Mm -hmm. end quote. Um, And it's really just something that is interesting enough and entertaining enough for me. It's very pleasing to the ears, the eyes to start my day. You know, I know that a lot of people out there would recommend listening to like a meditation app or like a calming app in the morning before your day at work, but that's not for me. Mm -hmm. I need to feel light as a feather, stiff as a board, Mm -hmm. and ready to take on the day. And just, I don't need heavy content, and I don't really want to get in my thoughts and feelings first thing in the morning. So watching their show on YouTube specifically versus just listening to it has actually been what's been helping keep me afloat as well this week. So um, it's just like a fun little distraction, and Claudia and Jackie, they are, you know, they're great at what they do. They They have star power. They both just truly, like, they are... They are both just stars in their own right, they're and funny. they're sisters, and it's just um, yeah. And I know that they are. We said before, are very controversial, and I know that people have feelings about it. I know where I lie with them, and where I feel about it. I think that their mom is a fucking loony tune. <laughs> I think that they are not their mom. So I think that my mom is a loony tune, and I don't want anyone. Yeah, mom, if you're listening, then you heard that. I don't want anybody <laughs> judging me off of her. So well, um, the other thing is, that yeah, I mean, I like, don't, I don't fair. I don't know there. I know you told me the story, but I don't remember it. So it's like you can even just go into it blissfully unaware. You don't even need to look into their history. Yeah, no, don't honestly. And they're both just and they both are even though they're sisters, they have very opposing views most of the time, which is nice. Like it's kind of like you and I where it's yeah. same but different. Right. Um, so now that we're promoting other podcasts. Um, yeah, but they're they're always like a diamond for me. And that's yeah. why a few months ago when I was I found out Jackie was pregnant. I was like, that's oh, a diamond because right. I love them. Right, right, right. And now she's literally due in like a week and a half. I know. Well, and the, I will just say that this is a show that Katie, I mean, you brought up to me back when you still lived in the city. Like, mm-hmm. I, you were telling me about it. And I, I had listened to them before, but I needed to do it on my own because now I'm like a true, now I'm a true fan, you know? Yeah. I'm just like a poser. Yeah. So that's Definitely. my diamond. Yeah, you are the Jackie to, to my Claudia. That's for sure, because right. I am a hot mess. <laughs> All right, so um, with that, you can head on over to our Instagram at We Don't Know Her Pod. Follow us. Make sure you like like all of our posts and just you know stay super engaged. Send us messages about what you want to hear, what you want to talk about. If you realize that you do a bunch of weird role taking things that you want to say that we didn't mention, that would be fun. Put yourself on blast. You can also send us an email at We Don't Know Her Pod at gmail.com. Make sure you go to iTunes and Spotify, rate, subscribe, and review. And, uh, oh, yeah, you can find us on the TikToks, like, with the kids at We Don't Know Her Pod. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.